Hello everybody and welcome to 38 Weeks to Go. I am your host, Nash. Let's go! With 36 weeks left to go, how is everybody feeling today? Well, I for one am a little bit happy. Last week, game week one was meh, but game week two, I've done better. I have done better. So, let's get into it. Right off the bat, let's talk about Luton versus Burnley. Luton have the smallest ground, and because of that, they've had to do some renovations. Those renovations are incomplete. Because of that, their games will be postponed until they meet the standard that is required of them. For Luton home games, I'd give them a miss. Now, something quite interesting. This weekend, so, so many yellow cards and so many red cards. The refs aren't laughing around this time. You just look at them wrongly and it's a yellow card. You get a yellow, you get a yellow, you get a yellow. And it seems like yellow cards will be something we will have to monitor. So, the first kickoff was on Friday and it was Nottingham versus Sheffield. Nottingham beat Sheffield 2 1. And Nottingham showed that they've been in here longer. They've shown that they have the experience. Last season wasn't wasted on them. It wasn't straightforward by any means, but they got the job done. Awoni scored, and it turns out he has scored six goals in his last six Premier League games. He might be worth it to some of you who do not have a striker and have 6.0 left in the bank. Hammer from Sheffield is also looking good. He looks to me like he will be their best player this season. His finish was top class. Looking at Serge Aurier's two assists, it makes me wonder, is he a budget Trent? <laughs> Aurier got three bonus points, Wood two and Awaniyi one. I'm really considering Aurier, maybe after the Manu game. Moving on to Saturday, we have Brentford. Goodness, if I didn't know even Tony was missing, you wouldn't know he was missing. They have really shifted the way they play and have just adjusted very well to his absence. At this point, I wouldn't be shocked if they sold him in January to Tottenham for silly money. Wisa and Bumo just make sense. They were amazing. I've never been so happy to have Mbomo. Last season he was always hitting the post and now he seems to know where the goal is. I think putting him on penalties has helped his confidence and he's playing with a swagger. And I'm really happy about this. Last week due to a mishap, uh, he sat on my bench for... Yeah, I missed those points and I'm still bitter about it. Fulham on the other hand, goodness, they look like they've collapsed. At some point during the weekend, Mitrovic was sold, and now he's off to Saudi to get his money. He was their top scorer last season, and at some point last season, it almost felt inevitable that Mitrovic would score. Fulham have Raul Jimenez, but he doesn't seem to be the man he was. They still have some time and they have some money. They're Vinicius, but... I think they really need to take advantage of this window while it's still open. Otherwise, it may be a long season for them. 
Fulham got a red card. I thought it was a bit harsh, but hey, that's how it goes. Bumo got three points. We set two and Pinnock one. Brentford's defense might be something to look into. Moving on to Liverpool Bournemouth. I thought it was going to be an easier game than it was. I thought it would be a bit high scoring. Looking at the captaincies, I saw many people, including the game week leader of our group, Alex Mutune. They chose to captain Salah or a Liverpool player. I won't lie, when Salah missed the penalty, I was happy. Even if he scored, I was still happy because I was like, yes, Haaland is going to do better for me. Yes. Earlier on, I thought I'd be thinking between Nunez and Gakpo. But now, at this point, it's looking like it's going to be Jota. Jota might be the man who enters my team. I'm really tired of Liverpool's defense. I'm tired of Alisson. He's my goalkeeper, which is why I'm tired of him. I'm very happy I don't have Trent Alexander-Arnold. At 8.0, I'd be very frustrated with him. Liverpool got a red. McAllister got the red. But it didn't hurt them at all. Not one bit. Nato saved a penalty, the one that Salah missed. And he got the three bonus points. Jota got two. Semenyo got one. Solanke and Semenyo looking like they will be the pick of the players from the Bournemouth team. Moving into Brighton versus Wolves. Oh my goodness. Estupinian and Mitoma. Guys, I've been crying about these two people from the first game week. Just get them into your team and just leave it. Autopilot, leave it. Goodness, Brighton were immense. They're pressing. The way they play, they're such a joy to watch. Wolves, I don't even know what to say about Wolves. They look like they're going to be relegated. They just seem to offer no resistance. I'm not sure if they were that bad or Brighton were that good. I need to figure a way out to bring in March. He was really good. But even forget about March, well, don't forget about him. But, and CISO, oh, that man is young, but he's got game. He really delivered the assists for March, were incredible. In the 4-1 victory, it was Enciso twice, to March to score twice. And then it was Estupinan to Mitoma, and then Mitoma to Estupinan, in no particular order. Wolves got a red card. Having watched the Wolves game, it's, it's quite surprising because now I don't even know if that makes me think less of what Man United did in that game. It's quite confusing. It's, it's really quite confusing. I'll tell you this. I was very happy not to have Joao Pedro. He came on. I thought he was going to score. Then he got a yellow card and he finished with zero. So that was just beautiful. Only because I didn't have him. Sorry for those of you who had him. I'm sure you're wondering now whether to remove him or not. Let me know what you decide. March got all the bonus points. Mitoma got two, and Estupinian got one. If you're a neutral and don't have a particular team you support, I'd really encourage you to watch Brighton. They're really worth your time. Spurs versus Manu was an interesting game. It was Spurs' first home game without Harry Kane. That rhymed, but it was unintentional. <laughs> Everyone wanted to see how the Spurs fans would react without Kane on the pitch for the first time. Man United picked up where they left off against Wolverhampton Wanderers. They did create a few chances in the first half, but their overall performance was not inspiring. I think they were lucky not to concede at all against Wolves, and they were not going to have such luck twice. Spurs were a better team. Overall, Angie Ball won over Ten Hag. 
he seems to be insisting on Rashford through the center and it's just not working. It just simply isn't working. He had much more success drifting in from the left last season. It wasn't broken. I don't know why he's trying to fix it. They gave Ganacho money and now they've decided he's a starter. It's not looking good. He doesn't seem to be making good decisions at all. I think it's too much too early. It's almost like Ten Hag has forgotten the team that he has built. I don't understand why Mount immediately became a starter. It doesn't make sense. Casemiro looked like he needed another Casemiro besides him. I was really watching this Man U game keenly because I was hoping to bring in a Man United defender, or two even. I was debating between them and Chelsea. Surprisingly, I got more impressed by the Spurs team. In particular, I got impressed by Udogi, or Udoji, I'm not sure how to say that. And so, it's a Spurs defender who's going to come into my team. Spurs ran out 2-0 winners, and they just looked like the better team. Vicario got 3 points, Sarah got 2, Deven got 1. Moving on to Newcastle versus Manchester City. Somebody dubbed it Oil Classico. For me, this was a fancier version of the Nottingham-Sheffield game. By that I mean you could see that one team just has more experience than the other. Man City simply were the better team. It just showed throughout the game. They were depleted, but they still managed to control the game. Newcastle never looked like threatening. It was a convincing win. Having said that, there weren't that many chances created. Newcastle surrounded Haaland with trees and he just couldn't get around them. Burn is massive. It was quite humbling because I was so sure that Haaland was going to score and those who captained Salah were going to look like fools. Little did I know I was the fool. <laughs> Haaland got me a mighty four points and I know I'm not alone. Misery loves company, so thank you. There's no shame in losing to Manchester City. They are the treble winners. So well done, Newcastle. They won't be playing Man City-type teams every game week, and they will be fine. Foden was immense. He had the assist for Alvarez, and Foden got the three bonus points. Alvarez, two. Akanji and Ruben Diaz got one. If you have 6.5, Alvarez is looking amazing. He should be considered by all of you. I am considering him. Aston Villa versus Everton. What can I say about this game? Everton look like early favourites for relegation. It's sad, but it's true. They just don't seem to be able to improve. And it doesn't seem that there's somebody who can fix them. It almost feels like the kind of team that should just go down, figure out what they want, and then come up. However, given their finances, they're also the kind of team that if they go down, they may disappear, like Sunderland and them. Villa, on the other hand, looked like they wanted to disassociate from Game Week 1's performance. So much so, five of their players got bonus points. Five. They really came to play. And Everton just had no answers for them. I was interested in this game because I thought I'd bring in Diaby. However, he had one good chance, a volley. Very good save from Pickford. But Villa's main star was Bailey, Leon Bailey. He got injured, but he was really, really great. For all of you that got Watkins on, I'm really sorry. He got subbed, and then John Duran comes on and just scores. It's almost disrespectful. Bailey got three points, as you can imagine. Dinya got two points. Duran got two points. Martinez got two points. And McGinn got two points. West Ham versus Chelsea. 
This was a game of youth versus experience. Chelsea looked good. They look like they want it, they look hungry, they play hard, they run around, and they look much more active. West Ham just looked like they knew what they were doing. They looked like a team that has played together. James Wood prowls, goodness. He just came in and fitted like a glove. At 6.0? Oh, he's a bargain. Two assists, and he was so dangerous. From the first corner, he will take over all set pieces, and West Ham will be a threat for the rest of the time that he is there. Chelsea, I can't even believe I was considering bringing a defender in from there. Disassi fooled me in game week one. They need three or four Thiago Silvers at the back. They just lack cohesion. As you know, Chelsea sign a player per minute, and it just looks like they haven't played together. They just don't seem to understand each other well enough yet. They haven't gelled yet, and that could be what's causing the poor performances from the back. Ariolo saved a penalty, and at 4.0, that's really great value. Much better value than my Alisson at 5.5. West Ham got a red card thanks to Aguert. They could not take advantage of it. I mean, Chelsea, they did not do anything. They tried, but it just didn't seem like they were making any progress. Chelsea just really are a team in transition, a team in progress. They are a work in progress and they will get better. They're the kind of team that look like once they get going, they can really hammer somebody five or six. James Ward-Prowse had an amazing debut. Caicedo, on the other hand, oof, he will want to forget that one very quickly. It was so bad you had Bites and social media team joking that all sales are final. I'm still holding on to Jackson. He really caused trouble and he looks like he will be trouble. He made some good runs and I am still going to hold on to them, mainly because they're playing Luton next week at home. Outside that, it's quite hard to choose a Chelsea player right now. Antonio got the three bonus points, Ariola got two, and James Ward Prowse got one. The last game of the weekend saw Arsenal take on Crystal Palace. This game was much tighter than I thought it would be. Crystal Palace gave a good account of themselves. Chances were few and far between. Arsenal got a penalty and was well deserved. It just sucked that it wasn't Saka who took it. Tomiyasu got a red card. It didn't affect the game, but it's just keeping up with the theme of the yellows and the reds. Gabriel came on again. And I'm very frustrated with this now. He is a stabilizing factor. Just put him on from the beginning. Just let him start. These pep tactics are so frustrating. I'm just happy Nketiah got the assist. He was a good call. I'm just happy that I had him. As they played really well. And I believe he deserved a penalty. He was taken down. That boy is dangerous with the ball at his feet. And he's going to cause trouble this season. Just like there was no shame losing to Man City. There's no shame in losing to Arsenal. Crystal Palace played well, and this game only solidified my opinion of them, which is, they're a good team. Now, it's time to look at my team. Team BV. So, I had an improvement over last week. I finished with 59 points, which was above the average. The average was 44. Gabriel let me down. I am still disappointed in my own decision for not having stayed with White. White carried my team last season from Arsenal. And I think this is just karma. Stones didn't play again. He's injured. And he has lost value. So I just have to get him off my team before he loses more points. So I have instantly removed him. 
and I have replaced him with Tottenham's Udogi Udoji 4.5 5.4. It's okay, I've gained something. I am unhappy with the Liverpool defense, and I feel like I should move from Alisson to Edison. Or at this point, Ariola at 5.5, he should be doing better than this. Although with Trent at the back, uh, <laughs> what am I saying? The Liverpool defense is suspect. But this is not new. They're just picking up where they left off last season. Jackson and Gabriel were my poorest performers, followed by Rashford. I won't lie, I'm thinking of getting Rashford off my team. But at this point, there are too many players I want to remove. I want to get rid of Rashford. I want to get rid of Gabriel. I want to get rid of, uh, what's the keeper called, Alisson. I don't want to lose points, so I'm just going to take it one person at a time. So I've removed Udoji. I mean, I've removed stones for Udoji. If Rashford does not perform against Nottingham this week, I will remove him. And if Nicholas Jackson does not score against Luton, I will remove him. I wanted to remove stones and just replace him with another Man City defender. But I looked at that defense and I was just confused. I had no idea who to pick. It felt like Pep was just at the back of my shoulder looking to see who I would choose and he'd be like, Haha, Kyle Walker? Okay, he's not playing. Man City frustrate me so much. In our group, I got the second highest points and I saw myself jump up the table, so I'm happy. The highest points tally was 66. I got 59, so that's not too bad. The lessons I've learned this week are 1. I should not be such a Haaland maximalist. I could have profited from choosing Bromo or Estupinan or Mitoma. I need to be believing in others as well and really considering the fixtures more. I've learned that Manchester City and Arsenal so far seem to have the best defence. I was excited about Chelsea but now I just have to slow down and really think about it. I have also seen that a lot of teams will benefit from taking advantage of the time left in the transfer window. A lot of teams have gaps and if they get the right signings in, they could really change how the rest of their seasons go. Let's look at standout performers. Starting from the back, we have Vicario with 11 points. We have Neto with 10 points. Ariola with 10 points. Martinez with 8 and Ramsdale with 6 points. In defense, we have Estupinian with 11, Digne with 10, Aurier with 10, Saliba with 8, and Ben White with 7. Gabriel with nothing. <clears throat> In midfield, we have Mbomo, who was a top scorer, with 16 points, followed by March with 15, followed by Bailey with 14, Mitoma with 12, and Diego Jota with 12. In the forward position, we have Wisa with 11, Antonio with 9, Duran with 7, Alvarez with 7, and Awoniyi with 7. Will any of these guys be making your team? Looking forward to game week 2. It begins on Friday. So don't mess up, don't forget. Arrange your team properly. First game is Chelsea vs Luton. I am hoping for a big Nicholas Jackson performance in this game. And possibly a clean sheet, but I don't have any Chelsea defenders, but they should keep a clean sheet in this game. I think Chelsea have been very hungry and aggressive, and I think this is a kind of game where things should come together. And I hope that this is a kind of thing that spurs them on. On Saturday, there's an early kickoff, and it's going to be Bournemouth versus the Spurs. 
I think Spurs will continue their recent run. And I'm hoping for a clean sheet. Son, Richarlison, Kulevsky are kind of disappointing right now. And it seems like goals are coming from the midfield and defense. And I think that that may continue. Arsenal-Fulham should be a walkover. That's it. Arsenal should win that game. Brentford versus Crystal Palace will be close and it'll be tight. That's what I think. I think it'll be based on mistakes. I can't call it. Everton versus Wolves. Everton should really do their best to win this game because they have a couple of tough fixtures coming up after this one and their next game. If they don't get minimum four points in the next two games, I believe they're going to be strong favorites for relegation. Having said that, I think Wolves have a really good chance to win as well. <laughs> Man United versus Nottingham Forest is the next game. I'm hoping Ten Hag figures out that Rashford plays better coming in from the left. If Rashford underperforms, he's off my team at 9.2, he should be playing better. There are cheaper people playing better. So that's what I would do if Man U underperform. However, if you have Man United defenders, it should be good. Except Awoni has scored in six Premier League games, so maybe this will be number seven. So, sorry. Brighton-West Ham. That should be an entertaining game. I think West Ham will be punished by Brighton. Their pressing is crazy, and they don't mess up in the same way Chelsea did. And it should be a fun game. On Sunday, we have Burnley versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa will be playing in the Conference League on Thursday. Their team selection will be tricky, so I would say if you're going to choose Aston Villa players, see how that game goes and see if everybody has come through unscathed. Europe tends to have an effect on teams. Even though it's Emery, I think Burnley will be looking to take advantage of that. So I don't think it'll be a clean sheet. Sheffield versus Man City. Should I say anything or should I just leave it at that? Haaland, Haaland, Haaland. I know. I know, I just spoke about not being a Haaland maximalist, but it's Sheffield United versus Manchester City. Should I say more? Haaland should be your captain. He's going to be my captain, I'll tell you that now for free. On Sunday we have Newcastle versus Liverpool. I believe Liverpool and Newcastle should be more evenly balanced and I don't think it will be as one-sided as the Man City game went. I believe that there will be goals in this one. I know it was a tough game week two, but don't lose hope. Just take it one week at a time. Next week will be better. Until then, stay safe. Have a great day, guys.